So if you're thinking about Germany or Copenhagen or even – so everyone that I interviewed that's working in international education obviously studied abroad at one point. Ben Mecklefresh is no different. However, if, if you really are, he really gets into the nitty-gritty of what goes into, for example, site selection – um, we talk about the difference between a high school exchange and a college exchange, all these little things, and it's a really interesting interview, and he does a great job, an exceptional job, with describing the food. So thank you very much for listening, and again, let me know if you guys have any questions. All right, we'll see you on the other end. Thanks. The three biggest reasons only 10% of students study abroad. They're afraid of being homesick, they don't think it's safe, and the number one reason people don't study abroad is cost. We're here to dispel all that, find out exactly how that 10% crafted their study abroad journey, and how you can too. I'm Chris Carlton, and this is the Study Abroadcast. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of the Study Abroadcast. Chris Carlton here with Ben McElfresh from Iowa State University. Ben, thank you very much for being here, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right. So getting right into it, everyone's interested in studying abroad and hearing stories. So let's hear yours. How did you end up, and guys, to give you some context, Ben is currently the marketing and program coordinator for the international program at Iowa State, or I guess the study abroad center is what they call it. And Ben uh, studied abroad too. So how did you, how did you get to where you are today? I guess is my question. Um, well, I, for me, it's actually a pretty long road, I would say. Um, so I know we have limited time, so I'll keep that in mind. But um, I really attribute my interest in, in study abroad and just uh, the rest of the world to my great aunt. Uh, growing up, she was uh, the person in my life who was kind of the world traveler. And I, I feel like she kind of inspired that in me. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit, um, when I was in high school, I, I was studying, uh, German as my foreign language and our high school had a partnership with a school in Germany. One day the, the teacher said, Hey, we've got, you know, students coming over this summer. Um, or I don't think it was during the summer. It was a long time ago. So yeah. my details probably aren't the best. Ah, it's okay. But she said, yeah, we have some German students coming over. Is anyone interested in hosting? And I said, definitely. Let me talk to my folks. And so, um, so in high school, I hosted, uh, my family and I hosted a foreign exchange student from Germany. His name's Christoph. And I think he stayed with us for about two, two and a half weeks for the yeah. first time. Okay. And, and then he came back and stayed for a trimester. My high school's on trimester. Okay, so, so the first time he came, he just stayed for two and a half weeks. Yeah, it was uh, it was a group trip. So he was with other classmates from a school in Germany, and they came to the states and they went to New York for a few days. You know, see the big city. Sure. Yeah. So just kind of like and, a U.S. tour. The shortest interview I've, I've had so far, I did someone who studied abroad during the winter session, and they went for 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, his his uh, his first uh, trip to the U.S. was probably not much longer than that. It may have been about three weeks in total, including kind of the New York, the New York bit, and then the yeah. rest was in Indiana. Yeah, 
it's funny. It's like you can you can decide to spend like three days in New York or three <laughs> weeks in Indiana, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so th so then you hosted the study abroad student, and that means you went over to Germany yourself too, right? I did. Okay. So that's that was my first international experience was going to stay with Christoph, going to his school, living with his family, uh, practicing my German and all that. So yeah, so wait, so I want to touch on that area for a little bit. Yeah, this was an exchange program, right? Is that yeah. what it was? So so the deal is, so if someone says exchange program, that means that you host a student and then you go over and they and you live with their family. So it's like a family exchange kind of. Yeah. And I would say, you know, now that I'm working in, I mean, I've only ever worked and study abroad since I graduated college. But sure. I mean, when I say like a, a high school exchange versus a college exchange, I would actually say those are those are quite different. So yes, in the high school context, I would say an exchange is, is just like you outlined where you spend time with the, the family um, over there and then, and then their student comes over to see you. Um, and then, but in a college context, uh, I work with exchange programs now and the main factor is that a student would pay their, their tuition to their home school just like they were staying there, uh, and then they would travel over to that university abroad, and then of course students from that university abroad would come to that, uh, in this case, Iowa State University. So we call them both exchanges, but um, really I think they're pretty different no, in so the that, end. Yeah, see, I didn't. That, I mean, that's confusing. So I, it is. I, kinda, I vaguely <laughs> knew that, like. I knew, yeah, I knew that a college exchange was that you paid the tuition as if you were going to your regular school, mm -hmm. but, and then it makes sense that the word exchange, you live at their house, they live at yours, but that's only for high school. Yeah, and I, I mean, also, I guess you could say that uh, a lot of times these high school programs are called like sister school or sister city yep. yeah. or something like that, so... Uh, I guess you know there are a lot of different names for for what yeah. you're actually doing. But sure. So where where in Germany and how long were you over there for? Yeah, so uh, I was in a small town called Ludinghausen, Germany. It's in the northwest. Uh, the state is Nordrhein-Westfalen, and it's closer to cities such as like Dortmund, Dusseldorf, and kind of that Cologne that area of Germany. Um, so I basically did exactly what Christoph did. And I went first for about two and a half, three weeks um, during the summer. And then I loved my experience so much that I wanted to go back for a trimester. Um, and so that was about three months that I went back for. Okay. And do you remember how many credits you got for this? Did you get, did, first of all, did you get credits for the two and a half weeks? And is it like, if you like it, you can go back, you have the option to go back or you just, it's a completely separate thing to go back. How does that work? So, um, the two and a half weeks, three weeks, I'm pretty sure there was no credit for that. Again, that this was high school. So, oh, okay. uh, you know, it didn't really, I don't know, I guess I didn't, I didn't really need any credits, but that also meant that I only had to pay the travel expenses. Uh, 
right. uh, and not any tuition or anything like that. Um, in terms of going back for three months, uh, only I believe at that point one other student had done it um, from my high school where she went for three months. And she was a friend of mine. Uh, we were in marching band together. Um, so I knew her and she w- she really was a big advocate uh, and encouraged me to to do this. So she had basically set it all up on uh, on her own. So I just got to kind of follow in her footsteps. And um, I made a plan with my counselor in high school. And I, I believe my plan was that I would take two classes of English and two classes of German. And I had different requirements for those. So in addition to the classes I took at the high school, because my my dates there did not line up with their semester dates. Okay. Um, so I was basically auditing their courses. I wasn't getting credit directly from being in those classes. Sure. Uh, but I participated. I took the exams, did the assignments, but I wasn't formally graded. Um, instead, so for example, for my English credits, I ended up writing um, a newspaper article um, for my hometown newspaper. Um, I don't remember if it was weekly or biweekly or, but something like that. So that was the arrangement I had made with my counselor was that, you know, by writing these articles throughout the three months, um, that would be worth, um, one English credit. And then I believe my other thing was to kind of serve as a, I mean, a high school version of a TA, I would say, in one of the English courses at the German high school. That sounds like a lot of fun on both counts. Yeah, it was great. (laughs) So you got to, yeah, you got to work it out that way. And you, so you said you were a senior in high school at this point? I was a junior. You were still a junior. Wow. Okay. So then, and then you went during the spring semester? Uh, Yeah, it was, I believe it was late spring, early summer when I was there for three months. Okay. All right. And then, so I know it was a while ago, but what do you, like, what do you miss (laughs) most? What do you miss most about Germany? uh, As far as the culture goes, how was it different? How was it the same? Tell me about German culture. Oh, um, what I definitely miss the most is the people. Um, Chris, you know, I, I actually told this story yesterday. I was giving a presentation to some RAs on campus for, for training for the semester. Right. And I said, you know, one thing that people don't really necessarily recognize about study abroad is the relationships that you form, um, you know, when you're having that experience. And so, I told this short version, a short version of uh, Christoph, and so the 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 lasting piece of that is that Christoph and I are still in touch today. You know, gosh, 16, 20 years later, I'm not sure. It's probably closer to twenty years at this point. Um, for a while, we had actually managed to see each other once a year, whether it was you know me going over to visit him, or him coming over to the states, or uh, we've met up in various locations uh, throughout the years as well, like Copenhagen, Denmark, uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, but so Christoph uh, has been like a brother to me. Um, 
and we've been in touch. Uh, he he actually attended my wedding in the U.S. and uh, just a few summers ago, I attended his wedding um, in Germany. And um, so, yeah, it's just really um, that's one of the most valuable things that's come out of that experience. Christoph also um, had a really great friend group uh, in his hometown. And so I was kind of able, I was really fortunate to kind of be able to jump right into his circle of friends. And I consider a lot of those people really close friends, um, especially Florian. I have to give Florian special, special credit. He's also like my German brother. Yeah. Uh, Florian also spent uh, three weeks and three months in my hometown. Though he wasn't my host brother, he was basically like an adopted host brother. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, close enough, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then so then you got back. Where did you, where did you where did you do undergrad? So uh, for undergrad, I went to DePaul University. Okay, and I always tell people it's DePaul with a W at the end, uh, not the one in Chicago. This is the one in Greencastle, Indiana. So there's a DePaul and a DePaul. So I know those sound very similar. Right. And, and did you study abroad any other times? Or, or no? Yeah. So when I was at DePaul, I did a year abroad. Um, two, I did two semesters abroad, I guess would be a little more accurate. Uh, one in Germany and one in Copenhagen, Denmark. Oh, so, so here we go again, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tell me. I had the bug. Yeah. That, well, I, I mean, most people, most people do that are in the industry. I, yeah. So th I think I like, that's one of my biggest regrets as a undergrad is not going, going more. Um, tell me, I guess about Copenhagen now. I, did, wait, well, first of all, where in Germany did you go the second time around? So uh, Germany, I was in a town called Tübingen, um, which is in the southwest near mm -hmm. um, Stuttgart, and it's kind of known as just being like a college town, uh, a university town. It's a it's a really good, really uh, good reputation um, for the for their university there. But yeah, it's a it's a smaller it's a smaller city for sure. Well, what was the name of the college? Uh, Eberhard Karls University or okay. University. It's yeah, just, it's just kind of it's kind of funny because you don't you don't hear like when you say the college town you don't think of Europe. So it's just it's funny to hear you <laughs> say that term. A German college town. Yeah, yeah a German college town. Okay, <laughs> so and then you were over there for a semester. You, mm -hmm. I'm assuming you came back home for for winter break then, or were these semesters back to back that you did it? We're back to back, but um, what I did is I went to Copenhagen for the fall, and then there was a decent break, like six to eight weeks, I want to say. Again, this is still, this has been, this was in 2004, so it's been a while. Right. Um, about six or eight weeks between the semesters. So I came back to the States, stayed with my family in, in Indiana, worked refilled the bank account a little bit yeah. uh, to get me through that spring semester. Oh, well, great. And then, so now tell me, I've, I heard Copenhagen is beautiful. Yes, very much so. Um, just the water, 
the architecture, the, the people are super friendly. Uh, once you, once you kind of get to know them, there's, there's all these sayings, um, about the Danes. Uh, one is that the Danes are kind of like a, um, a bottle of Heinz ketchup. You just have to give them a few shakes and then everything comes out. Um, the other one is that Danes are kind of like an onion. You have to peel back a couple of layers and I don't think it's really that much work. Um, really it's usually just opening your mouth and talking to Danes. You realize that they are just, um, uh, I mean, it's hard to talk in generalities, but, uh, the people I met over there were just wonderful and very welcoming. Um, so yeah, that has a lot to do with it. The Danish, uh, Huga has kind of become, a, um, I don't know, maybe a bit of a buzzword or, uh, something that is being written about in, uh, our pop culture these days. Um, but I think there's a good reason for that. Right. And so, um, among all this time over in Germany, Copenhagen, and probably the rest of Europe, tell me, yeah, that's my next question is, did you visit any other countries or cities while you were over there? I sure did. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if I can remember everywhere. Um, but, um, yeah, so I, I was, I've seen, uh, several places, both in Germany and Denmark. And when I was in Denmark, I traveled to other Scandinavian countries, um, Sweden and Norway. And yeah, I mean, all over really. Um, there's, there's a, a handful of European countries kind of left on my bucket list at this point. Um, Hungary being one of them that I haven't, that I haven't made it to. And then there's a lot of places where I just want to go back and spend more time. Um, but I spent a good chunk of time in Prague, um, some time in Scotland traveling around. What, what, is there anywhere that you missed that you, that you want that's on your bucket list now? Budapest or Budapest uh, is definitely really high on my bucket list for for European locations right now. Okay, you say, just, that, you say that like you go over there like semi annually or something. Are you, do you have another trip planned anytime soon? Uh, well, so I used to. So uh, my last job, I worked for DIS, which is a study abroad program provider. Uh -huh. uh, they, they run the program in Copenhagen that I attended um, as a student, and I worked for them. And part of my job, um, I did a lot of travel for that, for that job, uh, part of which was going to Copenhagen to help out with their housing placements. Mm -hmm. So I would go and assist the housing department uh, on site to get ready for the, un, you know, the incoming batch of students and where they would live. Right. And so um, in that position, I was traveling to Denmark about twice a year, uh, back to Copenhagen. Um, I've been at Iowa State for, it's getting close to four years now, um, which is hard to imagine. It's just flown by. Um, and while I've been here, I've been on two site visits. Um, site, in case anyone doesn't, you know, people that... You know, if you're a student, for example, a site visit is um, when study abroad coordinators and the director 
will go to a site to either see if this is a place where they should be sending students or if it's an existing partner just to kind of touch base, work on their relationship, uh, fix any issues that might be going on. Um, yeah, and just make sure it's a safe location for students, make sure the housing is adequate, um, all those kinds of things. So that's what I mean by site visit. Um, I, I didn't know that. Thanks for you're clarifying quite a few things on this interview. Okay. I didn't know, no, I, I didn't know that's what that. a site visit was, but it makes yeah. sense. So checking the lay of the land more, more or less, make sure you give it a green light, huh? Yeah, exactly. So um, my first site visit in this position was to a number of places in Europe, and those were pre-established programs that I basically would be coordinating for, so I needed to kind of get up to speed. Mm-hmm. So I think I went I went to start off in Wales. Okay. Um then I went to Scotland. Um I went to visit a school in Scotland and then I also attended a conference in Scotland. Uh-huh. And then and then I had a weekend and I went to Copenhagen to stay with my host mom for the weekend. Um and then I flew up to Stockholm for visiting another partner and then i came home and i think i was gone for about two and a half weeks that time that was that was quite a bit of moving around (laughs) it was was a busy site site visit um my second site visit uh was to germany and ireland and so germany we were establishing new partners so it was kind of that initial meeting and making sure you know, it was a safe location, a good partner that would take good care of our students. And then the program in Ireland was a program that it's a program I still work with. And it's one of my most popular programs. And I said, you know, I, I just really need to get on the ground to see what this program is all about so I can advise students much better. Right. So that kind of is an idea. of So um, last year, I guess it's been maybe two years um, since I've had an international uh, business trip. Um, so uh, I may be traveling to England to visit our exchange partners there this year uh, in, in 2019. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. England would be, did you, did you ever hit London before? I hit you... London. Yep. Okay. But nowhere else, and so, so our. So this is not London. You're thinking about like, like other parts of the UK then. Yeah. So our partners, we have a partner in Exeter, which is um, Western, uh, Western England. It's about two two and a half hour train ride from London, and then our other partner is Lancaster, uh, up in the north, kind of closer to Liverpool and. Uh, Manchester in the Lake District. What is so? Is that what do you? Was that is that like a sister? Is that what you mean by partner school, or what do you mean by that? So um, Iowa State has a has an agreement with both of these universities, and we have had for a number of years. Um, so and they are exchange partners of us of Iowa State. So we send students on a regular basis, and we also receive students at Iowa State from those two schools. Right. And can you share a yeah. travel story 
or something something peculiar or unique that happened to you while you were abroad? Oh yeah. Um <laughs> I'm trying to kind of one 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 example that I always like or one story that I always like to share um is kind of like this role reversal. So um at the end of my junior year in uh studying abroad junior year in college uh my parents came over to visit and um uh, this was their first first visit to Europe um i mean first first trip really outside the US you know people say canada doesn't count but i count canada canada is an awesome place so my parents had been to canada but i believe otherwise this was their their second trip or first you know transatlantic trip uh outside of the US so they came over to visit me for about I'd say it was closer to 3 weeks 2 and a half weeks but um because i had been doing all this traveling around europe and navigating trains and things like that i basically served as the uh you know the um the trip leader the tour leader for my parents when we were on vacation Uh, in Europe which growing up you know my parents had always taken care of and organized everything um so that was just a really kind of it was fun for me to to be in that role and to kind of take charge and show them you know what i you know what i learned outside the classroom uh during all this time in Europe and and just be able to get them around Europe safely and and you know catching trains with tight connections and I did have to make my parents run. I don't I personally don't like to run ever. Um but I had to encourage my parents to run through a train station cuz we had like a a 2 minute connection time uh, uh during one of our trips. So uh we even had to run through some random train station in Germany, which was a lot of fun. So but yeah, that's one of my I'd say that's one of my favorite stories. And how long were your parents over there for? I want to say it was about two and a half weeks. Yeah, we did quite. It was it was exhausting. Um, just hit several locations in Germany. Um, I think one one spot in uh, in Austria around kind of in the Tyrol region, Tyrol, and then I think we hit about three locations in Switzerland, and then ended up. in uh Copenhagen um I put my parents on a night train well I was with, I was on there with them put my parents on a night train from Munich to Copenhagen which takes 15 hours so you know that's just part of the experience right night trains I love I love trains and night trains I think are a very special experience as well um I had a a, a buddy of mine come to visit me when i was working in uh, copenhagen we haven't gotten there yet <laughs> we're going to run out of time we probably already run run out of time but um i had a buzz- buddy come visit me in copenhagen when i was working there after college and uh we went to norway for about a week and we kind of decided that the best way to get around in terms of uh just getting to the places we wanted to go but also kind of uh being economical was to take the Norwegian night train and it's probably 
the nicest night train I've ever been on. Um, but that's also because we had a private, we had a private cabin, uh, just for the two of us. Um, and so that was a pretty unique experience. Yeah, that's definitely a change of pace, especially given that people fly so much more in Europe because the tickets are a little cheaper. But taking a train could definitely be a good change of pace, change of gear, and especially at night. That's great advice. Thanks, Ben. So now getting into it, what's what food do you miss most from your time in Germany and Copenhagen and I guess the rest of Europe that you can't really get anywhere now? You know, in, in some countries, in, in Denmark, they have something similar called a shawarma. Uh, it's not... It's not exactly as good as a as a Duner kebab, um, but yeah, there's a large Turkish population. I've heard. I, I don't know uh, to be completely honest with you. I've heard that it's not a real Turkish food. It's like one that was created for Germans, basically. Um, but it doesn't really matter because it's it's delicious, um, and you'll find them all over Germany. So you could basically call it German food. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one thing that comes to mind. Uh, the last, when I was in Germany for this site visit, I took our director, um, with me at the time cause I wanted him to see these programs and, and approve of them as well. And I believe he had said that he had not been to Germany before. Um, and so I kind of made it my mission in the few days we were in Germany to introduce him to a wide variety of German cuisine. Um, so we spent, we, we were geographically pretty much all in one area. We didn't travel like all over Germany. We, you know, we were, we were around the Mannheim Frankfurt area. Um, but I introduced him. Uh, one of the first things I think I ordered was a Schweinehaxe which is a pork shank, um, which is, if you've ever ordered one, a huge piece of meat with a large bone in it as well. But uh, there, it's not all meat. Um, but he was just like blown away that I would order something just that massive. Um, and then I introduced him to kind of the German pancake um, or uh, pizza. It's, it's kind of a weird name, Fahnekuchen. Uh, it basically looks like a like a pizza, but the name translated is almost like pan pancake. Um, and then, of course, like sausages and schnitzel and potatoes and cabbage, a couple different ways. And German raviolis called Maltaschen, which was a specialty of kind of the Schwaben region where I studied in college. Um, Spatzel, the German egg noodles. Um, I don't know how we fit all this into just a few days. We, we did eat very well while we were there. Um, but yeah, so those are, I, I love all those things. Uh, Schweinehaxe, the, the pork shank is definitely one of my favorites though. Okay, I want to thank Ben very much for being on the interview. For some reason, the tail end of his interview cut out. It's the first time this has happened. Hopefully, it'll be the last. But guys, give me an honest review of the show in the comments. Let me know how I did. Hook up with me on social media. And we'll see you again next time. Ben, thanks again. All right, bye.
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to check out all the really neat infographics on the rest of the posts as well as the interviews. There's a lot of good information. You should also download Studying Abroad 201. I really recommend it if you need kind of a fire lit under your ass for studying abroad and you need some motivation. It crafts my journey and exactly what I did. Also, you, we can email you new interviews or you can connect with us on social media. All right, thanks a lot.